Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hello! Welcome to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, coming to you... As usual, mostly, from the mobile studio deep in the heart of rural North Yorkshire, England. And I'm flying solo again this week. The last two weeks I've kind of I've kind of had it a bit easy, haven't I? I had the week off. And obviously I talked about that in the intro last week. And that was great. And thanks once again to Travis for ably stepping, stepping into the breach and, um, and, and producing a show. Uh, and also Travis again, uh, w- along with Heath for last week joining me on the call to talk about the last episode do the wrong thing and uh we kind of went over a little bit on on our feelings of the season so far and um it was great i do enjoy these calls when i can get guests on and and kind of just chew the fat really just chat about about the show and I know I get a chance to respond to you guys and your thoughts and theories through the feedback section, but it's kind of a sort of a one-way thing in that you send your thoughts to me and I send some thoughts back. It's well, it's sort of one way twice. <laughs> um, but on these calls, we can interact and um, get some proper discussion going, and and it's good. <laughs> oh, Travis got a bit heated last week, didn't he? He had a bee in his bonnet about that. Um, well. You know, <laughs> we can kind of empathise with him, understand his point of view, and uh, but as I said last, and we talked about it last week in response to uh, to his tirade. Uh, yeah, I, I, on reflection, I was okay with it in the end, and uh, we're going to be talking more, of course, about Dexter and Hannah uh, very shortly. The last week for me has been fairly busy at work, although. It was, uh, well, the highlight of the last week for me was my son's, or my eldest son's, sixth sixth birthday. Uh, so, a belated happy birthday to Samuel. Not got him into Dexter yet. Uh, he, he was a bit turned off by the blood in, in episode one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he hasn't seen any Dexter. Um, although my youngest son, Ethan, he does he does hear me talking to my wife about Dexter and he's he's interested uh, although um, I've, I've told him it's going to be a few years before I can show him any um, but uh, yeah it was Samuel's birthday we had a party for him at the weekend and it, we had 14 of his cronies uh, in our living room <laughs> for the um, the obligatory party games and, and and whatnot fortunately it was a dry day so there were some of the boys were able to spill out into the garden and, and have a knock around with the football uh, but it all went off very well and uh, it was a great birthday weekend for him and I'm, I'm really pleased now, you want to do the best you can for your kids um unless you're dexter of course well no dexter wants to do the best he can for harrison he's just got a funny idea of what that is <laughs> um okay well let me uh waffle no longer let's get stuck into um the new episode we are into the second half of the season it's downhill from here guys uh, season 7, Episode 7, entitled Chemistry, original air date, 11th of November 2012, written by Manny Koto and Karen Campbell, and directed by Holly Dale, um, who is a first-time Dexter director. She's Canadian, 
Uh, yes, she's a she. Uh, I don't remember when we last had a female... Yes, no, we have had female directors on Dexter before, but um, uh, there's a British director whose name escapes me. S.J. What's she called? No, her name's gone. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, she's got initials as a sort of... Not first name, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm sure it's S.J. something. Anyway, Holly Dell, let's talk about her. Yeah, we've not encountered her on Dexter before. She's Canadian and started out as a documentary filmmaker before moving into directing drama in the late 1980s, working on a lot of shows I've never heard of, but many that I have, including Stargate Atlantis, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, Heroes, Cold Case, Flashpoint, Being Erica, and most recently, Castle, The Firm, Law and Order, SVU, Falling Skies, and Grimm. Right, let's get on with the episode, shall we? Here we go. Now, we quite rightly spent a fair bit of time last week discussing the Dexter-Hannah relationship, and specifically the uh, the sex scene. Now, whether you liked it or not, it made sense for this week's episode to pick up immediately after. Honestly, the whole thing seemed like a release for both of them. Neither make friends easily, it seems, if at all. They're both pretty lonely people deep down. Dexter has always longed for acceptance, or specifically someone he can be himself with, someone who'll accept him for who he is, Dark Passenger and all. I'm not sure what it says about Hannah's psyche, though, that she didn't run a bloody mile after she'd been stuck with horse tranquilizer and having a knife held up to her. I guess she screwed up as well, but with her own kind of darkness. I feel that we do need to see more of her background to understand why she is how she is. And of course, she doesn't have the same need to kill like Dexter has. Seems she just kills when she has to, when someone's in her way, or threatening her somehow, as we saw this week. It was nice how they were still watching out for each other while protecting themselves through the episode. Dexter deleting Sal Price's files for his book on Hannah, while Hannah told Sal not to involve Dexter when he interviewed her. I must admit... I am having trouble working out how completely genuine Hannah was this week. When she cried during her confession to Sal, primarily. In the interview with Deb, Dexter helped us by saying she wasn't acting. Now, we know Dexter can be a good actor, but does Hannah possess the same quality? I suppose that's for us to interpret at the moment. But yeah, that scene with Hannah and Deb in the interview room. She got emotional when talking about the baby she miscarried. Yeah, it's a tragedy for most people, not to mention very traumatic. Tough for anyone to get over. But it sounds like she she killed her husband because he didn't want to start a family and was going to leave her. This seemed a bit odd to me. If he didn't want to start a family, and she did, clearly that's a fundamental problem for their relationship and didn't, <laughs> didn't bode well for their future together. But why not just let him go? Just split up if it's if it's that much of a fundamental difference. Hannah could find someone who does want children. Okay, she was pregnant already. She'd have been alone with a child for a while, but killing him left her alone anyway. Plus, 
she ended up losing the baby, which, OK, she, she wouldn't have foreseen when she killed him. It just doesn't make complete sense to me. It's like she killed him out of spite, which would play more into her having psychopathic tendencies. And I say tendencies because we still don't know enough about her to write her off as a total nut job. So now throw Sal Price into the mix, stirring things up, threatening Dexter in a fashion, which is never a good idea, forcing his hand. I liked his plan to implicate Price in a murder, but obviously Hannah had her own plan in place. I was a little surprised to see Price die so soon, but it was at Hannah's hand, which is something we suspected last week on the call with Heath and Travis. That was a nasty cut on his head. <laughs> good makeup. And I like Dexter being pissed off at it happening in his, in his apartment. Now, obviously, this led Dexter back to Hannah's house, and they made the point that every time he says goodbye, he keeps coming back. They made lots of chemistry references this episode, and how some substances combust when thrown together. Plenty of relationships are like that. Sexually charged, but little else. It remains to be seen how this one will unfold, but it seems pretty highly charged at the moment. I have to say, although I found the sex scene a bit... What's the word? A bit jarring last week. I was okay with them hooking up this time. We've always said it over again how Dexter has always yearned for acceptance. He fantasised about public acceptance, didn't he? Remember the, uh, the ticker tape parade he imagined? That's never going to happen, of course, but he's wanted that one special person to be with. Someone who... Someone who doesn't recoil from his darkness, doesn't question it. Someone who isn't drawn to it for the wrong reasons, like Lila. Someone who isn't ignorant to it, like Rita, as nice as she was. And here's Hannah, a woman with her own issues. Someone who has felt darkness herself. Um, someone who, by her own admission, experiences emptiness. Something Dexter knows a lot about. You can understand why he's drawn to her. Yes, we can say, What are you doing, Dex? <laughs> he's letting his guard down, isn't he? Allowing someone else to know about his dark passenger. Making a massive error in judgement, perhaps. A colossal mistake, perhaps. Time will tell. But that he's carrying off this way, letting Hannah in, well... It links with what I talked about on the call last week. He's perhaps more human now than he's ever been. As the saying goes, to err is human. He's fallible, giving in to desire last week, a very normal human failing. And when matters of the heart are involved, I think most of us, if not all of us, can empathise with lapses in judgement or temporary blindness to the truth or common sense. I don't think Dexter is doing anything we can't account for, but of course... We see him, historically, as the hero of the show, a, a serial killer who needs to stay undetected, to stay safe and be able to continue doing what we love to see him do. We know from experience, bitter experience in some cases, that when women are involved, it never ends well for him. But, I'll be honest, I'm OK with the show going down this road. And the fact that I'm OK with this is reinforced by what they're doing with Deborah. She seemed to enjoy Sal Price's company. He was clever and, and, don't take this the wrong way, but he was good-looking, treated her with respect. And, by the way, 
I give her credit for not just jumping into bed with him. Deb from a few years ago might have behaved differently. And just a thought here, but contrast that with how Dexter's behaving at the moment, hastily jumping to a, a sexually oriented relationship, certainly so far. So we have Deb showing restraint, and of course Price was helping her with investigating Hannah. I did enjoy the moment when Deb accused Dexter of messing up the blood work to save Hannah for his table. She's right to an extent, of course, but <laughs> imagine how pissed she'll be. <laughs> well, I whistled then. <laughs> imagine how pissed she'll be when she learns the rest of it, that he's doing more than just protecting Hannah. I love the way the episode ended. Dexter lying there wondering if this is what it feels like when love starts. I suppose this is the first time this kind of thing has happened to him. With Rita, I'm sure he loved her by the end, but it was more something that grew over time. And while she was alive, he never acknowledged it as love. And he never actually fell in love with her, per se. Lila, she doesn't come into it. And then Lumen, I don't think he fell in love with her as such. I guess I guess you can argue the point, but for me, I think it was more that he was latching on to someone who knew his darkness and didn't recoil from it. But then, but what then happened with Deb? It was pretty much Dexter's fault. He he'd put her in a place where she might might entertain giving Dexter the green light to kill someone who was going to escape justice, and it puts him in that unenviable enviable position of being stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea. Slap bang in the middle of Deb and Hannah. What a position. <laughs> but as we predicted, I don't see him killing Hannah any time soon, so what's he going to do? Can he turn to Deb and say, no, I'm trying to beat this thing? Maybe use it to show Deb he's making an effort to stop killing. But let's not get away from what's happened to Deb. How big is this for her? I mean, she's obviously been deeply affected by what happened with Speltzer. And now she's seeing Hannah likely getting away with murder in the past and the present. And maybe, yeah, maybe, odds on, she could well kill again in the future. Who's to say she won't? And not only that, she's killed someone who didn't deserve it and someone she liked. So what Dexter tried to illustrate with Speltzer seems to have worked, but it's now put him in a very tough spot. Now, how big is that, though, for Deb? Lieutenant of Miami Metro Homicide, telling her brother to go ahead and kill someone. And the way she did it reminded me a little bit of Harry in the episode Popping Cherry back in season one, when he essentially told young Dexter, his adoptive son, remember, to go ahead and kill that nurse. What was she called? Um... Nurse, that was Denise Crosby played her, Nurse Mary. Uh, yeah, and in, in the episode, Harry thought she was poisoning him. So, is this a sign of things to come for Deb, or is it just a one-off? But then, once she's done it once, it'll be that little bit easier to greenlight him again. Maybe. I don't know. But I did enjoy Jennifer Carpenter's performance there, the, the dark look on her face delivering her words very carefully. Not just when she was talking to Dexter, but in the moments before when she was listening to Sal's voice recorder. And talking to Dexter, she wasn't outright telling him to kill Hannah. But the inference was clear. It, it was almost like a mob boss um, 
trying to avoid being directly accused of telling someone to kill uh, in case his phone was tapped. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, the wording was a little bit like that. But making it clear to Dexter what she was saying. And I also love the brief breaking of the fourth wall as Dexter looked into the camera in that final second. It, it was all nicely done. Harry, you never prepared me for this one. What do I do? Dissecting Dexter. I'm still not sure about Nadia and whether she's genuine about Quinn. On the face of it, she would seem to be. And they had a nice embrace when they hooked up again this week. Although I couldn't quite gather where she'd been, why she'd not been answering Quinn's uh, messages. Um, maybe I should have watched that scene again and uh, maybe it was more clear. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I missed something. Hey, maybe. So yeah, on the face of it, Nadia would seem to be genuine. That's the feeling I'm getting now. But my suspicious TV drama head is nagging me that a double cross could be on the way. I wondered before if she told Quinn she'd been told to get close to him, whether it was just a ploy to earn his trust. But as far as we've seen, she's not probed him for information on the police. In fact, that little aspect to the storyline seems to have been dropped. Because now they seem to have gotten close, Isaac and George can use Nadia as leverage to get Quinn to do their bidding. So all that said, maybe the two of them are genuine. We can knock the show for not depicting them getting close very well, very successfully, but to be fair, there are more important things in the show at the moment that we want to see more of, and if they'd spent 20 minutes of an episode showing Quinn and Nadia having romantic picnics and looking longingly at each other from across a uh, you know a tartan blanket on on the ground <laughs> we'd have, we'd have complained wouldn't we however it's it's all led to Quinn getting in over his head and it doesn't look like the brotherhood are in any hurry to give him Nadia's passport anytime soon and let her go plus Miami PD are investigating the missing evidence it's no stretch to predict that this is probably not going to end very well for certainly for Nadia at the very least Quinn's guilt over stealing the evidence did lead him to help Batista out with purchasing the restaurant, facilitating his retirement storyline. I liked the little moment in the police station when Quinn gave him the cheque and Batista looked really touched and they had a, uh, a hug. Little did he know it came from dirty money. It paves the way for his retirement, but I don't know. If he finds out the money's dirty, you know, Batista... <laughs> He has such pride and integrity. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put it past him to tear the check up and his retirement plans with it. Want to end up on my table? Email dissectingdexter at gmail.com Of course, Isaac got released this week and clearly has no intention of leaving town just yet. I like the scene between him and Dexter. And kudos to the writers for having Isaac using the word chip instead of fry, staying true to his European roots, where here in the UK we call fries chips, unless you're at McDonald's. <laughs> I like this season how different stories come to the fore at different times. Isaac and the Brotherhood have featured more prominently in previous episodes, while this week it was pretty brief. 
but just kept things ticking along effectively. But the last topic I want to cover here is LaGuerta, who had another meeting with Deb about her off-the-books butcher investigation. Deb again trying to influence things, trying to calm the waters and discourage LaGuerta from pursuing this. But then at the end, there's LaGuerta looking at the boat registrations and her pen stops at a name that, I think it says, Samantha Bowdry. Remember the unfortunate Stan Bowdry in season four? So I'm not sure if, if that's coincidence or not. So I'm not sure why her pen stopped there. Maybe she remembered the surname Bowdry from when they were investigating Trinity. I don't know. But LaGuerta then goes through a list of police staff and stops at Dexter's name. Again, I'm not sure why. I didn't see anything on the boat page that implicated Dexter. Unless she'd seen something else, but they did show her pen stopping at Samantha Bowdry, definitely. Did I miss something? Or maybe just seeing Dexter's name there just suddenly popped, popped a thought into her head and maybe we'll find out next week what that thought was, that she's remembered a connection. Maybe knowing Dexter has a boat and all that stuff with the algae on the rocks and that they identified the uh, boatyard, the, the uh, marina, um, where the algae came from and narrowing it down to the boats that were registered there. But that's the episode, well into the middle act of the season, and it's really been a very different series of episodes compared to the opening act, those opening four episodes, obviously very much focused on Deb and Dexter, and these are centred, obviously, on Dex and Hannah, and setting up the final act, which will most likely more heavily feature conflict between Deb and Hannah with Dexter stuck in the middle We'll have the inevitable showdown with Isaac and the not-so-minor detail of LaGuerta seemingly start to suspect Dexter in her butcher investigation. The pieces are being positioned very intriguingly and I'm still on board wholeheartedly. And for those naysayers, and I dare say there'll be one or two of you out there, trust the show. Listener Feedback Okay, firstly, a quick thank you to some new iTunes reviews that I've spotted. Uh, thank you to Dragonfly PA, Alcatron, VF Kira, Matthew Vaughan and Charlie Payne. Charlie uh, made a point of asking for a shout-out. So, hi, Charlie. Thanks very much. And, and thanks to everybody who, uh, who leaves iTunes reviews. It does help. Uh, speaking of iTunes, it appears that we've had another iTunes problem this week insofar as the podcast, or the last, or last week's podcast, not appearing in the iTunes feed. It sounds like people, those affected, have still been able to get the podcast by downloading directly from the RSS feed or the... Um, uh, the TalkShoe page. The podcast is hosted at TalkShoe.com. So uh, I did post the direct link to the RSS feed on the Facebook page. But uh, if you do have trouble uh, seeing the new podcast in iTunes, go to www.TalkShoe.com. Go there. Uh, there's a search box on there. Search for Dissecting Dexter and it should take you to the page where all the individual episodes are listed uh, from where you can then just uh, 
either stream it through the through that page or download the mp3 direct to your pc which you can then drag and drop into itunes if you want to listen to it on your your ipod or iphone or generic mp3 player or whatever it is you use to to listen to the show um it doesn't sound like a global problem because it did show up in the UK iTunes because my, my feed updated okay onto my phone and uh, I think it was okay in the US. Uh, I, I think the two people who um, made a point of mentioning it, I think they're in Australia. So um, I'm not quite sure why that should be because they all update from the same single RSS file. So I, I really don't get why... Um, why that happened but apparently the, the the show did appear in the end so um so that was good to hear okay uh moving swiftly on uh on facebook i had a message that i actually missed last week it wasn't a post to the uh, uh the podcast page per se it was a direct message uh and uh it was from Alyssa in bakersfield california who said i've read a lot of negative feedback from this episode six but i for one loved it What I love about this season is that everybody is in danger, not just Dexter, but everybody around him. I also love this season because of all the shocks that are thrown at us. There have been so many so far, including the ending of tonight's episode, which I loved. I thought that is the perfect way to end the first half of season seven. It sets up all the storylines for the characters, and you just know there is major trouble ahead. Kudos to the writers who have literally brought this show back from the dead. Thanks, Alyssa. Uh, apologies again for, for not catching your message and reading it out last week on the call with Travis and Heath. Uh, on the Facebook page, we've got quite a few people who post regularly on there with some good comments and discussion. And I've had a few comments this week on Twitter as well. And thanks to everyone for getting in touch. An email from John Murphy in Ottawa, Canada. He mentioned missing the recaps on the podcast. He said, miss your recaps that used to introduce the show, but I gather that I'm a, I'm a, that's easy for me to say, I am a minority in this regard and you've decided to eliminate. Uh, John, I think, is referring to the rewatch podcasts in which my review section is combined uh, with a recap of the episode. I recap the entire episode commenting as we go along, sort of. Um, matters arising when I'm reviewing the current season as it airs I try to avoid a detailed recap because for the most part you guys have only just seen the episode it's fresh in your minds and you don't need a full recap do you I appreciate that this method doesn't work so well if you catch up with the podcast further down the road but I had to take the decision to cover the current seasons this way. So if you're catching up, you'll have found that podcasts for seasons five, six and now seven, none of them have a full recap. Just my comments, uh, my, just my review. As I say, matters arising, if you like. Imagine how much longer these podcasts would be if I did do a full recap. Whew. <laughs> OK, uh, thanks for that, John. On to feedback for chemistry. First, an epic voicemail from someone you guys know pretty well. Uh, 707, chemistry. Um, this episode was um, not any worse than last week's for me, I suppose. I really shouldn't even have to qualify that. Everything I say is only for me when I say this episode was no worse than last week. Of course it's for me. I only speak for myself. Nothing I say is as go- uh, it's the gospel truth. All opinions are created equal, after all. Although I understand it does seem like some opinions may be more equal than others. Um, 
Everything I say is for me. That being said, uh, stalwart listeners of the podcast might remember that last season I criticized Dexter's relationship with Brother Sam uh, because despite Dexter's insistence, uh, I didn't feel him and Brother Sam were at all the same. I didn't feel like they, they would have any reason to be buddies, what with Dexter being a you know a serial killer and Brother Sam being some gangbanger from the streets. I didn't think there was a lot of like uh, what you would call uh, you know crossover and interests or anything. And I feel like my gripe from then maybe applies to Dexter and Hannah this season. Uh, you know, Dexter and Hannah really aren't the same. Uh, I mean, they're both really fit. Attractive people who definitely look good naked. But uh, Dexter has got this hunger to kill, and they've kind of likened it to an addiction. And Hannah can just apparently take or leave killing whenever she pleases. Um, you know, I guess the thing is, what Dexter's all hung up on is that she, quote-unquote, accepts his Dark Passenger, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means to accept the Dark Passenger. But does she really, uh, you know... Is she really going to accept it when Dexter's fucking, uh, you know, jonesing, ain't killed somebody for a month or two, and he's irritable and yelling at her? I don't know. The only redeeming quality I can really see in Hannah is that, for whatever reason, some might say inexplicably, she cares for Dexter. During her um, interview with Sal Price, she was all like, you leave Dexter Morgan out of this. So, I don't know, she cares for Dexter, but so does Deb. So does Deb. Who, you know, why... And Deb knows everything Hannah knows, mostly. I suppose Deb even knows more, actually. So I don't know, why should we care? Is it because Hannah wants to do it with, with Dexter? Well, so does Deb. You know, why not Deb? Hey, you, you need to have a disgusting relationship on the on the show Dexter? Why not Deb? That's That should be um, a meme or something. <laughs> Uh, the the story about Hannah previously having been with child kind of makes me wonder if my Hannah prediction from last week's show wasn't so crazy after all. You remember I predicted that Hannah may be pregnant. May, not, may, not necessarily from that first time they boned. It seems like they're going to continue doing the nasty. So Hannah will get pregnant, I think. I think. No, This ain't a spoiler. This is a prediction. But I think... I was thinking Hannah might get um, pregnant with Dexter's child. Uh, and ha- hearing that she wanted a family and previously was with child uh, makes me wonder, oh, well, maybe maybe I, that wasn't such a crazy I- idea after all. Uh, it did strike me as strange that her like rationale for killing him was that, oh, he was threatening to leave if I, if I didn't abort the baby. Like, the fuck? Then let him leave. What do you... Why do you what does killing have accomplished? Let him leave. Now, okay, I understand you're like, oh, but Travis, you say... She's a killer. That's what she does. I'm like, yeah, I know that. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't be upset. But, like, the way she said it, the way she delivered that line and Dexter's reaction, the way that it was all played out on the show was as if it was supposed to be a rational thing. Like, Dexter was like, oh, you poor thing. You victim. You know, that's how, like, I was like, this don't make sense. It's not, you have, if you said, if she would have said something like, oh, he was beating me or he was going to, I don't know. Something where I'm like, oh, you know, that dude had to go. Maybe you and Dexter are the same, but like, he just straight up murdered this dude. He was planning on leaving. It, was, it could have been amicable. Like, you know what? I'm gonna leave. You clearly don't want me around because you're trying to kill me, Hannah. I'm just gonna leave anyway. Like, ah, oh, Hannah. I had a dog named Hannah. I don't know if I ever told you that. I had a dog named Hannah. She was blind. Anyway, that's some more information you guys don't need to know. Uh, um, 
I thought it was a little cheap how Hannah killed Sal also. Now, I know Sal had to die, because it all had to get set up, and it creates this interesting storyline. And I, So I'm willing to accept that. I'm not complaining about that. But it was just kind of cheap how it how it did. Like the, get, the show just wants to tell us, oh, she just murdered him, just accept that, you don't need to worry about it. Like, he was killed with some unnamed poison that Hannah just insists is undetectable. And we didn't even see how she put it on one of his pens, you know. He was chewing on a pen. I, Sal didn't seem like the kind of guy that would just take something from her. And we saw he refused the lemonade or whatever that was. And in fact, I'm even beginning to doubt a guy like Sal would agree to meet with her alone at her house to do this kind of thing. And it was kind of cheap, like, oh, it was an undetectable poison. We don't need to name it. Don't need to worry how I poisoned him or anything. You know, like, all right, show me that Hannah Hannah's this crazy killer. Don't just tell me this is a TV show. I could read a book if I want to be told something. Show me something. Come on. Uh, uh, so I think that's most of the Hannah stuff. Well, actually, no, I remember this episode did have some kind of like cringeworthy, cringeworthy dialogue. Like Dexter being like, oh, is this what love feels like? Am I capable of this? You know, I feel like this question has been both answered, or I'm sorry, it's been both asked and answered on three separate occasions in the past with Rita, Lumen, and then his son, and then maybe, it hasn't, it didn't come up too big, even with Deb, with saying that he loved her this season, like, at least three, I'll just go ahead and just say three times this has been answered, you know, and, oh, what's this, uh, Western Union message delivered, what's it say, oh yeah, Dexter can love, that's what he decided three times in the past, Dexter can love already, so, don't, don't worry about that with Hannah, you can love somebody, Dexter. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, the, uh, Hannah also had that line like, "Oh, I feel I could feel you watching me in that interrogation room." Like, what? What the? What am I watching? Is this Twilight I'm watching? I could feel you watching me. What the fuck? And then I think for me, like my least favorite part was that line while Hannah was in the interrogation room. She said that line about like, "Oh, my grandma, you know, used to say this bullshit. She's, you know, trust this person, don't trust that person." And my grandma was never wrong. You know, it's just like, yo, bitch. Ain't no one care about your goddamn grandma or anything she said while she was on this earth, all right? You just, you just take that, take that shit and you get out of here. Ain't no one trying to hear that right now, right? No, I don't know. Maybe I'm being unreasonable, but I'm just like, I don't know. It was just like, so, why did she say that? Because we all know that she, that she's wrong. Who is, who is that little performance for? I don't know. I'm going crazy over this, <laughs> this fucking thing. Uh, um, okay, and I know, and I guess the big thing that happened at the end of this episode was Deb being like. Dex, you gotta kill Hannah. You gotta kill Hannah. And I guess I should be more psyched about that. Because, I mean, you know, that is a pretty interesting story, but... I don't know, I just can't really, like, bring myself to feel it. I mean, perhaps I owe it to... To you guys to maybe better explain my apathy and where it comes from, but I don't know, I just can't. I think maybe it's, like... Because I'm, like, aware of all, like, the twisting and, like... What I perceive to be the bullshit that had to be done for us to come to this, like, middling interest... uh, Middling interesting story... You know, Dexter ain't gonna kill her. This story's gonna get stretched out. It's some more crap that we talked about last week. Uh, you know, I should be excited, but I'm not. I I know what Dexter's answer is gonna be until at least the end. The answer is gonna be like, no, nah, I'm not doing it, or I can't do it at the very least. Um. Anyway, just finally, just brief rundown of all the stuff that wasn't Dexter and Hannah because that took up a lot of the episode. Uh, I think it's a wonder how anybody at Miami Metro got to where they were today. I mean, it really took LaGuardia this long to look at, to like cross-reference Miami Metro employees who owned boats. Because I remember thinking that was something that went down in season two. People were wondering, or at least I think we did in the rewatch, like, Dokes didn't have a boat. How did they think that the butcher got bodies out into the water? Dokes didn't have boats. So, you know, I'm surprised that's not something the FBI looked at. 
But so now, I mean, that is interesting. LaGuerta knows Dexter has a boat, but of course that doesn't mean anything. I don't even know if LaGuerta knows it, knows what it means, but, you know, they showed us that for you. She's like, hmm, suspicions? Speaking of suspicions, Quinn kind of had that little suspicion, I felt. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but wasn't there a little suspicion going on with at Dexter's apartment when he's like, oh, there was an argument? Who's arguing over what? What the fuck? Uh, I like that Quinn was investing money in Batista's restaurant. I feel like, you know, it's dirty money. But he, he's got a heart. He's trying to make himself feel better by investing in Batista's restaurant. You know, since when did Quinn become the most interesting character in the show, right? I mean, he's got this heart, and he's, he loves a girl, but he's also a dirty cop. And he's suspicious of Dexter again, maybe. Oh, shit, you know? I don't know. I kind of like that. Uh, I did. I really did enjoy Dexter's blackmailing scene of Sal. I actually thought that was kind of cool. I like seeing kind of Dexter do that. That was really... I like that uh, good performance by Michael C. Hall. But, um... I find it. I found that it was a little ridiculous that he'd do it with Jamie hanging around. He wouldn't wait for Jamie to leave to blackmail somebody. And speaking of Jamie, what was she doing there? Is Harrison back? Is that confirmation that Harrison's back? If not, then why was she there? She just doing Dexter's laundry. Is she his maid now? What is happening? Is Dexter a slob? Uh, uh, finally, Isaac. Um, I wish we saw more of Isaac. Uh, that's all I gotta say about that. Thanks, Teabag. That's your record for a voicemail, but always good to hear your thoughts. You make a good point about Jamie's presence this week, and indeed last week, actually. She was obviously back from where she took Harrison, but where the hell's Harrison? (laughs) That poor kid just gets forgotten, doesn't he? I guess he's still away with Astor and Cody, but who's going to bring him back? Astor and Cody themselves, maybe? To be fair, though, it's not a key part of the show these days, so does it really matter apart from it being one of our favorite nitpicks uh you you go into some detail there travis about dex and hannah not having much in common but do normal people need anything in common to hook up it's long term where you need things in common for things to last and i'm sure plenty of relationships have have started explosively and uh, are very sort of sexual in nature um but then after that initial novelty or honeymoon period wears off they realize that they actually don't have anything else in common and the relationship dies uh, no pun intended so we'll see and you ask perhaps tongue-in-cheek <laughs> and i'm sure tongue-in-cheek you ask why not deb she knows everything about dexter if not more and honestly i think at the end of the episode when dexter looks into the camera i wonder if part of him was thinking Oh, great, you accept me now. (laughs) But I think with Hannah it's closer to a normal human attraction. Yes, there's the dark stuff in common, at least to a certain extent. But they just fancy each other. Chemistry, they kept telling us this week. That's not there in the slightest for Dexter towards Deb, and I'm not sure Deb still harbours any romantic intentions now she knows her brother's a serial killer. Although maybe that will rear its head again later. But moving forward, Deb could still be there for Dexter to talk to, but now he has Hannah, who he's getting romantically involved with. But she's someone who can understand the darkness better than Deb. Honestly, Dexter, I think, is now more human than he's ever been. Even Scott Bark has alluded to this fact, so we can expect Dexter to do more stuff that's more quote-unquote normal and human than the calculated... Uh, collected serial killer we've been used to. He's evolving, and you may not approve of everything he does, 
But I'm glad you agree with me that Hannah could have just let her husband go quietly. She didn't have to kill the guy. And then Hannah poisoning Sal Price. They said on the Dexter wrap-up this week that she turned on the waterworks, hoping he'd be a gentleman and get her a tissue, turning his back long enough to give her the opportunity to poison his pen. Although in the scene I did re-watch it and it was pretty quick. So she must have pretty impressive sleight of hand. So that was his Achilles heel, chewing pens. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? And you pick them up for Dexter, wondering if this is how love starts. You say he's done this three times before, but like I said in my review, the others were different. He's never had that big bang, that wow, you know, sparks flying, church bells ringing, <laughs> choirs singing, dogs howling, uh, children weeping kind of thing with a woman. I do think this is a first for him and he's unsure of his feelings, how to interpret them, what, what they mean and, and so on. You also questioned Hannah in the interview going on about her grandma. I don't know. Maybe you need to give her a break, but <laughs> truthfully, we don't know if all that was an act. Some of it, none of it. Same with her scene with Price, all those tears. How much of that was true, honest emotion? We don't really know everything about her yet, do we? Honestly, mate, I think you're getting too worked up about this. Just chill, relax. Have a sandwich, take some deep breaths, and remember that Dexter is not the same man from season one. He's not even the same man from season five. He's still evolving. Let's roll with it. Thanks, though, Travis. Always a pleasure. An email now from Wren in Bahrain. So that's another country to tick off on the list of uh, Dexter Global, dissecting Dexter Global Reach. Actually, if there's anyone listening from a country that hasn't been represented in the feedback before, then uh, drop me a line. It would be, uh, be interesting to make a little list of the countries uh, where I, I have listeners. That would, be, uh, that would be fascinating. Anyway, Ren in Bahrain, he said after a couple of seasons where the show became very formulaic, it feels vibrant again and he's enjoying it. And regarding episode 7, he says, and I quote, I really was sceptical about Dexter and Hannah, but now I find it fascinating. Like several people said in your last podcast, it's like seeing a different side of Dexter's dark passenger, someone who he doesn't have to hide anything from. This is guaranteed Dexter's most careless decision he's made in all seven seasons. I can't wait to see how Deb flips out. I'm guessing a teary-eyed fuckstorm like her in the, in the elevator a couple of episodes ago. Dexter, you've done a bad, bad thing. Right now, I'm torn at which plot is the most interesting. This really is good TV and Dexter at its best. Not since season one was I so fascinated by the show throughout, though I think it's impossible to beat season four's finale episode. I'm hoping for something as good as season two's Dokes wrap-up. The confrontation with Isaac was chilling, and I love his reserve. I can't wait to see them face off, and I'm predicting that he's going to kill Hannah or attempt to while trying to force Dexter to watch as he does it. But if that's the case, typical Dexter, he'll break free and save her. Thanks, Ren. That's quite possible about Isaac trying to kill Hannah. He could well be watching to find someone Dexter cares about. Dexter killed someone Isaac cared about, so it would be suitable payback. <laughs> I also enjoyed the calmness about Isaac. Very chilling. Another email now from Bart in Poland. 
He says, although I've been really enjoying this season so far, last couple of episodes left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm talking, of course, about the whole Dexter-Hannah hookup. After episode 7, we now know that Hannah is a cold-blooded killer who kills innocent people, and the fact that Dex is quote-unquote in love with her makes me really scared. I don't know about others, but the fact that Dexter has Harry's code and only kills bad people is one of the reasons why I like him and root for him. If he suddenly decides, screw the code, I'm going to kill everyone who gets in my way, then he becomes just like any other villain, like Hannah. I know that people do stupid things for love, but I hope that my favourite serial killer doesn't become just another serial killer because he has a boner every time he sees some blonde chick. On the other hand, maybe this is what the writers want, to make Dexter less likeable to prepare us for his spectacular downfall in season 8. I don't know, but I don't like it. The only glimmer of hope was at the end of the episode when Deb decided to give Dex a free hand in killing Hannah. I've always loved Deb, but Deb, but this season she's responsible for almost all good things in the show and it looks like this trend will continue here too. I can't wait to see how this Dex-Hannah-Deb triangle will resolve. Right now, I only see two likely outcomes. Either Deb will decide to kill Hannah herself or Hannah will kill Deb. If Deb kills Hannah, then no doubt this will change her whole character, becoming more and more like Dexter which I don't want to see. We don't need another Dexter in the show. If Hannah kills Deb, then, again, Dexter's mistakes will cause him to lose someone close to him, which is something he swore he would never do. But if that happens, what will Dexter do? Can he kill someone he loves? Either way, I believe that writers, the writers know what to do, and the rest of the season will be as entertaining as the first four or five episodes. Thanks, Bart. I wouldn't worry too much, though. I don't think Dex is about to abandon the code. It's what keeps him safe, at least until recently, despite a few dodgy decisions prior to this season. Of course, this season, he's pushing the boundaries even further with Hannah. And let's remind ourselves again that we don't know everything about her yet. We certainly don't know how many she's killed. Four, certainly. But I don't know how many more. She's so far not been shown to be anything like the prolific killer that Dexter is. But you're right that people can do stupid things for love. As I said earlier, Dexter has been more fallible lately. To err is human, and he could well step outside the code for Hannah, blinded by his feelings for her. We'll see. But like you, I don't want to see Deb become a killer either. It, it wouldn't feel true to her character. Deb doesn't have the history that Dexter has, that terrible traumatic event that created a dark passenger. Oh, here we go. Can you hear the barking? That's our local fox hunt, ladies and gentlemen. I say fox hunt. Officially, it's, it should just be a hunt. Because fox hunting with dogs is now illegal in the UK. Uh, but it doesn't stop the hunt getting together and uh, the posh people in their, in their, in their garb... Uh, riding horseback and gallivanting across the countryside, <laughs> which they do every year here, um, where I work. But I digress. Uh, there's a right herd of bloodhounds just came charging through. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure what, what kind of dogs they were. They were bloody big anyway. I wouldn't have liked to have been stood outside my car just then. <laughs> uh, where the hell was I? Talking about Deb. Yeah, she doesn't have that... She hasn't experienced that same trauma... Uh, in fact, she hasn't experienced... Well, I don't know. She was abducted by the ice truck killer, wasn't she? That's that's a 
bit of a trauma, but she certainly didn't have that same experience that Dexter did at a young, impressionable age um, that, that set, that gave birth to that dark passenger. Deb doesn't have that darkness at all, I don't think. I mean, who knows? But as it stands, I, she hasn't been shown to have any darkness. So even if she does end up killing once, and we've predicted that maybe uh, maybe she'll end up killing LaGuerta or, or maybe Hannah. But even if she kills once, I don't see her becoming a serial killer like Dexter. So that was exciting, wasn't it? <laughs> bit of bit of action live on Dissecting Dexter. Let's go to a voicemail. Hello, this is Kim from Las Vegas. I just have one comment about this last episode. Hearing Dexter's narrative that said, is this what love feels like, kind of made me really upset thinking about season four and Rita. Seriously? That's all I've got to say about that. Oh, Kim. Season four was tragic, how it all turned out. But how does this now take you back to season four? Dexter's feelings for Rita were different to Hannah. This is a different situation, but does it make you fear for Hannah's life? Now Dexter seems to have seems to have developed some feelings for her. Maybe you think she'll end up dead like Rita. Either way, you don't sound down with it, but thanks for the message. <laughs> Another email now from Danielle in Sydney, Australia. She says, I'm sure everybody spotted it, and wasn't it a great moment? Dexter felt his heart beating for the very first time and he didn't need to stand on the edge of a roof to do it. All it took was a beautiful face and a killer soulmate. Travis's prediction of baby on board is now looking very possible. My twist on it is that Dexter will lose Hannah and baby to Isaac's bullet. The writers are strongly hinting that Victor was Isaac's partner. So what better revenge than to kill someone that Dexter loves? As Isaac is watching Dexter's every move, it's more than likely he'll discover their relationship. It seems that Dexter has always been longing for a connection with someone, someone that he can be honest with and someone that will understand him. Dexter is quite a lonely person with no real friends and it appears he has no relationship with Harrison. The only constant person in his life is Deborah, and up until recently their relationship was built on a lie. If Dexter believes he's falling in love for the first time, how will that alter his image of self as a monster? How would he cope with Hannah's death? Season 8 could see Dexter spiralling out of control and give the viewers a dramatic, tense and suspenseful ride to the conclusion of his story. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I find it impossible not to think about how it will end. The turn of events with Deborah and Dexter is fantastic. Deborah now wanting Dexter's style of justice for Sal Price's death. It sets up great conflict between them, and I can't wait to see where it goes. The season looks set to be fast-paced to the end, with so much potential. The next episode can't come soon enough. Looks like Dexter is back on track. Thanks, Danielle. This idea that Isaac will kill Hannah seems to be gathering momentum. But how tragic would it be if she was carrying Dexter's child? I like your comments about Dexter's character, how he's a lonely person, echoing some of my own thoughts. I talked about them in my review today, and I like your idea that he'll lose Hannah and spiral out of control in the final season. Perhaps he'll end up outside the code and get sloppy on purpose, hoping he'll get caught. Hey Gareth, it's Ken from Pittsburgh. Just calling in for 
Season 7, Episode 7, Chemistry. Chemistry is, well, technically, chemistry is the study of matter. But I prefer to see it as the study of change. Thank you, Mr. White. So, how did Dexter change this week? After last week's tedious setup of the Dexter and Hannah romance, we finally got to see the two of them be open about killing instead of flirting about like a bunch of dumb high school kids. As per my last voicemail, I'd like everyone to pay attention to the music in this next scene. Dexter and Hannah are talking in her greenhouse, and in the background you can hear Hannah's theme pretty clearly for like the first time, I think. And uh, it seems to be a twist on the good old blood theme, and I really like it. So just take a listen. I'm going to handle Price. The way you handled me? Not exactly. I only go after killers. Like me. It's the code I would buy. Code, huh? You know, sometimes life just has to be taken. There's no need to dress it up. That's more than that. I think you're just afraid to admit that you enjoy killing. You don't? No. Killing for me is just surrendering to nature's way. Nature adds and subtracts. Survival of the fittest. So you're the fittest? So far. Ever wonder what it would be like if you didn't have all these rules? Doesn't have to die. Episode 6 really left us hanging. I mean, cliffhanger, obviously, but if Hannah turned out interesting in this episode, it meant that episode 6 being predictable would pay off for all of us. And she did prove interesting, so. Kudos, Dexter, as season seven continues to be pretty sweet. Um, but I think that's it for this week, Gareth. Uh, the show's been really good, and I don't know, the last three episodes haven't left a lot of meat to chew on the whole analysis level, at least for me. It's more just, like, fun to watch and let everything unfold. So yeah, enough about this week. This is just me making predictions about um, maybe towards the end of the season. Maybe we only have oh, enough episodes left. Anyways. So Quinn, Batista, LaGuardia, they all seem pretty much set for death, I guess. I mean, I really, I don't see Batista so much as I see LaGuardia and Quinn. And it, this is just me, maybe just being hopeful for uh, the happy ending version of Dexter. Um, let's just say LaGuardia dies, and she the only person she names as her benefactor is Batista. And then, so Batista will get everything that LaGuardia's worked for, which has to be a lot of money. And then, um, let's say Batista dies, then all that, everything that they've worked for together can go to Jamie and Batista's kid, and 
that could be somewhat of a happy ending, I guess. I don't know. All right, Gareth, that's definitely all I have for this week. Uh, maybe I'll call you next week. All right, bye. Thanks, Ken. Good call there about the music. The Dexter Wrap-Up podcast had composer, Dan- composer Daniel Licht on a couple of weeks ago, and they talked about Hannah's theme. To my ears, there, I can understand why you say that. You make that comparison, that it's a variation on the blood theme. And I'm sure any similarity would most probably be on purpose. You've got the two-note motif with strings and the piano. It illustrates the connection between Dex and Hannah, doesn't it? Hey, also, (laughs) I appreciated the quote from Breaking Bad and Walter White. Nice touch. An email now from Mike Lanich. He says, After last episode's shocking kill session turned lovemaking, I was excited to see how this episode would follow up on the aftermath of that decision and the many more that were made by other characters. To be honest, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, after the halfway point of the season, it seems like we are witnessing a variety of frightening people and situations that could seemingly bring Dexter down for good. We have Isaac, who, as we know, wants Dexter dead. We have LaGuerta, who is suddenly turning into a mini-me version of Deb by following instincts I thought she never had, and like a rabid dog refusing to let go. Dexter views her as barely a threat now, but something tells me she'll end up being more of a threat this season than anyone. And then we have Hannah. First off, I want to point out that anyone who questioned Yvonne Strahovski's acting ability coming into this season need only watch this episode to see an actress doing an exceptional job. In a way, it's only in the last two episodes that she's had enough screen time to show any ability or range. Whether her character was truly remorseful in that scene with Sal Price or not, the acting was top of the line. Do you feel like Hannah is Dexter's dream girl? A complete knockout with a beautiful dark passenger to boot. I envision Dexter looking at Hannah like Neo looked at the Matrix at the end of the movie and seeing seeing it for what it really is. Dexter would see that beautiful darkness, a loving embrace of dark evil more seductive and intoxicating than anything. Hannah is Dexter's drug of choice these days. I'm liking Hannah more and more with each passing episode. She's a more complex character with seemingly complex motivations, and that's never a bad thing for any show. In regards to Sal Price, I have to agree with Travis. I felt his character was kind of slimy, kind of like a James Bond gone to seed. His death, however, was meant to connect Dexter, Deb, Hannah... Sorry, I'll read that again. His death was meant to connect the Dexter-Deb-Hannah storylines anyway. Besides, Deb knew him for like two days. I love how they took something from the last few episodes, something innocuous like Sal Price's obsession with chewing on his pen, and transformed it into the tool for his own death. Poison pen indeed. Regarding Quinn, I'd like to see Nadia eventually turn out to really be with the Koshka Brotherhood and watch Quinn die, knowing that, even at his best, intentions-wise, he will have failed. It would be tragic, but maybe in the best way for his character. Despite whatever drama is going on overall, it still comes back to Dexter and Deb, and now I feel like we're seeing at least the endgame coming into focus now. I'm feeling that this season is going to come down to a decision between Deb and Hannah. Does Dexter go with his sister, or his new lover, who accepts him as freely and as easily as Rudy did? Could a frustrated Deb actually manage to take Hannah out herself? Might Hannah take LaGuerta down for Dexter, forcing them to run together with Deb in hot pursuit for next season? Thanks, Mike. 
some wonderful observations there as always. I do like your turns of phrase there. Let's see what you said about uh, Hannah being Dexter's dream girl and how Dexter would see that beautiful darkness like Neo saw the Matrix and a loving embrace of dark evil more seductive and intoxicating than anything. Very good. And you're right, Strahovski did good work this week and to a lesser extent last week. I'm split about Nadia, whether she's for real or not. She's got to be terrified of the Brotherhood, and fearing for your life is a great motivator. But I am more interested in the Quinn storyline now than I had been, perhaps. Thanks, Mike. An email from Barbara in Long Island, New York, who writes, I live on the south shore of Long Island, which was hit by Hurricane Sandy a few weeks ago. My house is undamaged, the floodwaters didn't reach us, we were simply without power for quite a long while, but my neighbours haven't fared as well, I'm afraid, and the landscape is forever changed in these parts, it breaks my heart. That said, let's move to Dexter. I was very disappointed by last season, as many of us were, but this season has been absolutely fabulous in my opinion, I will not be swayed by the Dexter haters. I'm so glad Dexter has a girlfriend, it's like the Bride of Frankenstein, except she actually likes the monster. Really, who else can Dexter find true love with? He ticked off the others. Rita, Lila, Lumen. No, no, none of them quite fit the bill. But Hannah, she's a gem and I hope they keep it up. I'm in the group that actually enjoys their sex scenes. Sorry to all you fanboys who are horrified. Smiley face. <laughs> and poor, poor Deb. Another boyfriend down the tube. The writers must love screwing her around, since they do it so often. But she knows. Deb knows about Dexter. And she's giving orders to kill. Hooray! Of course, it's the wrong kill for our boy. That's it for now. Sending best wishes from the dark, soggy shores of Long Island. We will rebuild. Thanks, Barbara. It's good to hear from you. It's been a while. But I'm glad you came out of Sandy pretty unscathed. That's that's good to hear. But, um, yeah, just... just terrible the uh, the devastation and, and damage that's been that's been wrought up the east coast there it's um very sad and of course so many lost their lives and that's always a tragedy so um as i said at the top of the show last week my uh, my thoughts and best wishes uh, go to anyone and everyone affected by uh, hurricane sandy and um yeah sending positive vibes from here in the uk for for what they're worth Okay, so, um, yeah, Barbara, Travis, <laughs> Travis, he won't appreciate your support of the sex scenes. I'm okay with them now, although I'm sure, as far as being a fanboy is concerned, <laughs> I'm sure I've come across like a fanboy on the podcast before. Another email now, uh, Tom in Poland says, Hey Gareth, I haven't been emailing you very frequently this season about the show. I'm not sure why, but I guess that when there isn't much to complain about, I don't have much to say. A couple of points about episode 7. Dexter's voiceover about love. I mean, it seemed like he didn't acknowledge Rita in his life at all. She didn't know, she didn't know everything about him, but she definitely loved him, and he loved her. The ending scene was great. I like what's going on with Hannah. And I would like her to live through this season, but I don't see that happening anymore. The season so far is very enjoyable. On a side note, are you planning on doing Waste of Time after this season? Or will you just focus on the recaps? I'd love to hear your thoughts on all those great shows running this autumn. 
Thanks, Tom. You know, you don't just have to email when you have something to complain about. <laughs> but I'll take your silence as good news in future, news that you're enjoying the show. About Rita, we've pretty much covered this already today. But again, I'll say that we know Dexter loved Rita. He told us so. Unreliable narrator or not, he must have done. But that was an entirely different kind of love to the one he's toying with now. Rita certainly wasn't his true love. Neither was Lumen, for that matter. But I agree with you that the end scene was good, preceded by some nice setting up of other stuff that's going on, particularly LaGuerta's investigation. Uh, and as for the Waste of Time podcast, yes, I will be going back to it in the new year. I do have stuff to say and plenty of shows to talk about. I just don't have time in the autumn when Dexter's on the air. I have to focus on um, dissecting Dexter. And there's simply no time to prepare and produce a second podcast. So, unfortunately, it has to go on hiatus while Dexter's on. But The Waste of Time will be back in 2013, uh, as will the recaps. Thanks very much for the uh, for the email, Tom. Hello again, Gareth. It's Deanna, and I'm going to try another voicemail this week. I wanted to start off with some quick feedback on the feedback from last week, if you will. Unlike a lot of your other listeners, I was completely surprised by the Dexter-Hannah tango. Um, I thought he changed his mind about killing her and was simply taking her out on a date, maybe to find out more about her, to try and understand her, and then boom, needle to the neck. And I thought, oh, they caught me. He is going to kill her. And then boom, he cuts her free. Totally surprised me. And I'm sorry, Travis, but myself, I kind of like the dark boner moment. So there you go. Last week's episode felt like a bit of a pause to catch up storylines and set up the rest of the season. And this episode was filled with so much. The pacing is bang on so far this year, I think. La Guerta is a nice slow burn, giving us just enough to feel the peril growing for Dexter, peril he's largely unaware of. I don't really care for the Quinn Nadia story, except it seems to be foreshadowing that his actions are going to cause mortal peril for those close to him. Most likely Batista. He'll be that cliché death tragically so close to her, his retirement. I wanted so much more for Batista. Maybe I'll have to go back and rewatch watch in Oz to see him acting a more meaty part. I'm also missing Masuka. He had a very small part just being professional this episode. I know he can't be an offensive cut-up every episode, but I'm missing some of those more outlandish Masuka-isms we used to get. I felt a real chill in my spine while Dexter revealed the manner of Victor's death to Isaac. I think that was a bad miscalculation by Dexter. You're going to regret sharing that with me. And then we cut to Dexter at home. Jamie and Harrison, maybe? Yikes. Being a parent, I cringe at the thought that Dexter's extracurricular activities are going to end up bringing tragedy to his family, his kid. I like seeing Deb on a date taking it slow for once and not just jumping on the next guy she meets. And that first kiss moment at the door with someone she seemed to enjoy being with was kind of sweet. Um, they had similar interests. He's really kind of cocky, but she can keep him in check with her wit. And he seemed to like her too, not just for the information she could provide. Damn Hannah. <sighs> Sal's death took me completely by surprise too. I figured he'd made it out of her apartment without eating, so he was safe for the time being. And 
On a rewatch of the episode, I felt a little bit foolish about how obvious the pen-chewing thing was. There were so many references to it. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that most of your viewer, your listeners saw it coming a mile away. I didn't. Dexter standing there with his mouth agape at what was happening was kind of amusing. Bad luck for Dexter to have his living room declare a crime scene, though. Poor Deb's not destined to meet up with anyone. I'm afraid, yet I can't wait to hear her reaction when she finds out Dexter's with Hannah. He won't be able to keep that relationship a secret. I just wanted to point out two other small things that caught my attention this episode. The first was the sound editing when Deb confronted Dexter with Sal's blood report in his office. No background sounds or music until Deb answers to save her for your table. There was a moment's pause and then this ultra low pitch rumble that filled the space between Deb stumbling on the truth and then Dexter lying and denying it. Great music and sound in Dexter's series as a whole, I think. The other was the moment just before Dexter and Hannah kiss near the end of the episode. He puts her hand on his heart and it it was just the same way that Lumen did back in season five before they made love. I thought it was a nice subtle callback to another time when he felt understood and accepted. The cliffhanger ending has me on the edge of my seat, eagerly awaiting the next episode. What more can you hope for in your entertainment? Thanks, Gareth. Bye. Thanks, Deanna. I chuckled when he used the term dark boner. <laughs> I can't remember if Travis used that phrase exactly, but it's definitely a term they use on the Two Guys Talking Dexter podcast. Mike Wilkerson seems to like that one. <laughs> Actually, it's been a while since I gave those fellas a plug on here, and and they gave me a nice mention last week, uh, referring to how I uh, devote so much of the show to going over your feedback. Actually, Mike, Scott, if you're listening, you you said you didn't want to tread on my toes by doing a substantial feedback segment on your show. Honestly, I have no problem at all with you doing that. We're, We're all enjoying the same show. Plenty of people listen to both our podcasts, so... Don't not do a feedback section on my account, please. It's it's all good. And thanks for the mention, guys. And uh, keep up your good work with your show. Back to you, Deanna. You're right about Masuka. We've only ever got him in small doses this year, but really not had enough of him this season. We need more. <laughs> we do. More vulgarity from Vince, please. Good comments about Deb and Sal Price, too. That brief kiss by the door was very sweet. Price might have been a bit too sure of himself, a bit too overconfident, a bit too, yeah, a bit too sure of himself. But Deb can keep the strongest personality in check. Thanks, Deanna. Uh, An email now from a new listener, Alex in Berlin, Germany, writing in for the first time. Uh, He writes to say, episode seven has something quite unexpected in it for me at least. Well, the episode before ended really unexpected, and week two, I must admit. I mean, instead of a kill, they started what? It was quite obvious that they're going to hook up, but in such a manner, yak. Anyway, the most interesting storyline for me in the recent episode, as well as in the entire season, was the Dex-Deb relationship. Don't you think it's unfolding far too fast? I can't help but draw parallels with the Jeff Lindsay Dexter novels. In the novels, their relationship develops in quite a similar way to the TV show. Deb finds out about Dexter's dark side in the first novel, and only in book five she ends up, quote-unquote, feeding her felon to Dexter, after having accepted him for what, she, for what he is. And in the TV show, I'm quite unsure. 
that she has accepted him, yet she uses him to, well, to what exactly? To bring some justice against those who escape the system, or for personal reasons, to avenge the guy she liked? Emotional as Deb is, I think her personal concerns have played quite a big role here. Isn't it hypocritical? But anyway, it was amusing to watch Dexter in bed with Hannah, having this conversation with Deb. We'll see how everything unfolds. An amusing moment was the conversation between Dexter and Isaac Serco. Loved his phrase, give or take the fire extinguisher. What I find interesting is that here he has such an open confrontation with his nemesis, starting so early in the season. We'll see how it ends. Obviously Isaac is the bad guy of the season, and he seems to be full of surprises. And he is an interesting character. Can't wait to see what the writers are going to do with him. Thanks, Alex. Travis will be happy you hated the Dexter-Hannah hook-up in episode 6. As to the Dex-Deb relationship, and whether it's unfolding too fast, has it? Perhaps it has, but then you can do so much more in a series of novels. The TV show only has one more season to go after this, so the writers don't really have the luxury of loads of time. It's true, they have moved things at a quick pace this season, but I'm OK with it. I've not read the books, though, so I don't have the problem of making the comparison. You could argue that Deb's being hypocritical by sending Dexter off to kill Hannah, but I suspect she and Dexter will be having a chat about it next week, so we'll probably get more of Deb's rationale. Maybe she has had a kind of epiphany about it, or maybe she's putting personal feelings ahead of common sense or reason. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Email your feedback to dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Blood. Sometimes it sets my teeth on edge. All right, stop press. I've just come back outside to uh, just record a little response to a voicemail that came in while I was recording the feedback session. Uh, I didn't have the heart to... um, to shut him out this week when he missed the boat just so narrowly and he's missed it once before as well <laughs> just uh, so here's, here's a voicemail from Matt Battles in London Oi, oi. hey Gareth it's uh, Matt from London here uh, I'm really really not happy with the rapid way Dexter has turned this season it's going so well and then ah the guy's basically turned into a tool They're just rehashing the same boneheaded mistakes once again. You know, just a few episodes ago, Dexter was on his boat going, my mistake was not killing Travis when I had the chance. Compassion doesn't fit me. I won't make that mistake again. And here he goes, letting Hannah off the hook so he could get his leg over. Moron. That's going to come back and bite him. And with LaGuardia's investigation, Lewis's prior to his early exit, obsession, Deborah's discoveries, and Isaac's revenge mission to focus on, they pick Hannah as the primary focus. Don't they have better things to focus on? This storyline with Hannah has turned very sour very quickly for me. They basically turned it, or turning it, into an incest serial killer love triangle. This is the Twilight. We don't need that shit. And I can't... But Batista, and I can't believe this, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, LaGuerta and Quinn are the only characters I'm actually interested in right now. I don't actually give a shit about Dexter's libido or Hannah's need to kill. Dexter, my advice, stick something else in her and dump her. Dex, you've got more important things to worry about or do than shagging. That's 
basically all I've got to say this episode. I hope they do something better next week, really. Because it was going really, really well, and now... Oy. Thanks, Matt. So, <laughs> that's someone else who's pretty wound up and angry by what Dexter's up to. Travis really is in good company. You're also the second person to mention Twilight. Obviously, I respect your comments, but as you've already heard today in this podcast, I'm not overly concerned by what's going on. You're right to point out Dexter's words last year, saying he should have killed Travis when he had the chance, and that compassion doesn't suit him. Now, let's not forget Trinity. But Dexter's emotions here, his arguably normal human emotions, are blinding him. It could well leave him in serious trouble later, but for now I can buy into him being like this with Hannah. That said, I've, <laughs> I'll be honest, I've not enjoyed these last three episodes like I did the first four. Those were amazing, and I do feel a bit disappointed that they've not kept that high going. And also just sneaking in this week is Nick Henderson, who writes with the following. Chemistry was a better episode than last week in terms of pacing. There was plenty to keep the audience interested, even without Dexter stalking a victim. I really love the scene between Dexter and Isaac, and I'm looking forward to more in the future. Hannah delivered a pretty powerful performance this week with her interview with Sal Price, and it seems that the Bay Harbor Butcher investigation is finally starting to point towards Dexter. I can't wait to see what LaGuerta does next. Indeed, Nick. Got to agree with you there, mate. Uh, Nick goes on to say, I'm ready to get back to Dexter taking out some victims, but I can respect the obvious build-up that they've been doing over the course of the last few episodes. Deborah's decision to ask Dexter to kill Hannah at the end of the episode managed to bring the plot full circle and provide clarity and justification for Hannah's involvement this season. The shit is really going to hit the fan next week when Dexter has to make a choice, and I'm sure Deborah is not going to be pleased. Thanks very much, Nick. Got to agree with uh, with all your sentiments there, and um, hopefully some of the naysayers will be uh, will be satisfied when uh, when things sort of evolve and develop over the next few episodes, and hopefully justify some of the stuff that uh, or justify yeah justify the stuff that they've been doing with Dexter and Hannah, put it into some satisfying perspective for. for those fans amongst us who haven't been happy with the way the story's been going over the last few episodes. I hope that happens. It would be nice if we were all if we were all happy by the end of this season, but let's face it, that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody for your feedback this week. Um, apologies if anybody sends in feedback after I've recorded and it doesn't make it onto this week's show. That, that seems to be happening every week. Uh, I do try to record the feedback on a Wednesday lunchtime UK time, so um, I guess in US time you, you want to be sending anything in by sort of early Wednesday morning at the latest, really, uh, depending on which time zone you are. Probably Tuesday night is the safest. Uh, if you want to call in, the US listener line is 646-222-6122. And in the UK, it's 0844-579-6949. And you enter mailbox 08320. That's only on the UK line. There's also email, dissectingdexter at gmail.com, where you can also send an MB3 or other format of voice recording. There's also Twitter at Dissect Dexter, or my personal Twitter, at Gareth underscore UK. And there's Facebook. Jump onto Facebook, search for Dissecting Dexter, and you'll find it. And quick plug for the show's sponsor, it's audible.com, 
one of the leading, if not the leading, online purveyor of audio content. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you fancy getting your hands on a free audiobook download, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. You sign up for a free one-month trial, no obligation, and you can get your hands on any audiobook from their massive selection, over 100,000 titles. Uh, and you can cancel the trial before the month expires, and you will own nothing. And in doing so, um, you support the podcast, and uh, I thank everybody for it who have uh, done so already uh, it's appreciated next time on dissecting dexter okay well i'm rapidly running out of recording time today and i want to get this edited this afternoon if i can uh so i'll be brief here and um just say that the next episode is Season 7, Episode 8, and it's called Argentina. Now, I'm not sure what to draw from that. The, the, the obvious connection is Hannah's reference more than once to the fact that she and Wayne Randall had plans to go to Argentina and, what was it, she said, buy a farm and kind of live out <laughs> live out their lives in peace out there uh, and obviously that dream didn't come to any kind of fruition so maybe she'll suggest that she and Dexter do that maybe something will happen that forces their hand and they end up on the run next next week I, I don't know um I've not seen the previews and, and those of you that have will probably be saying Gareth you're such a dumbass you got it completely wrong <laughs> I don't care this little section is, is purely my own speculation uh, not based on any spoilers of any kind, apart from the episode title, which isn't too much of a spoiler, really. And there goes a plane. Pretty low, could you hear that? Not had one of those for a while, interrupting the podcast. It's been a podcast of interruptions, isn't it, with the, uh, with the dogs as well. I do apologise. Okay, with that, I shall keep this last little bit brief. As I say, I, I've run out of time today to uh, do anything more substantial at the end here by way of preview. I'll uh, just close out and say thanks very much, as always, for your continued support, your feedback, uh, your downloads. It, um, it really makes a difference and, and, and helps, helps keep things going, helps keep me motivated. And uh, Hey, that's not a bad thing, is it? Not as long as you're enjoying the podcast. <laughs> right. I shall get going and uh, get back in and do some work. So um, thanks again, guys. Take care. And until next week, when we can dissect some more Dexter, it's bye for now. Cheers, guys. <laughs>